Welcome to the Future Adjustment Chiropractic Economics Podcast Series on what's new and notable in the world of chiropractic. I'm Daniel Sosnowski, the Editor-in-Chief of Chiropractic Economics, and our guest today is James Fedich, D.C., who's notable for his tremendous success in the field. Since launching his practice directly upon his graduation in 2003, he's grown year-on-year in scope, and in 2015 published a book titled Secrets of a Million Dollar Clinic. Today, he employs two chiropractors, two physical therapists, an acupuncturist, a nutritionist, and an MD. He coaches other DCs who want to model his path to prosperity while remaining active in daily practice. Dr. Fedich, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me on, Dan. I appreciate the uh, time to come on the show. All right. You're somebody I've wanted to talk to for a long time. Can you, can you tell me how you came to start your practice? actually securing office space even before you obtained your diploma? Yeah, it wasn't the most well thought out plan. I look back on it 14 years later, but I graduated NYCC <laughs> in December of 2003 uh-huh. and uh, signed, a lease, signed a lease on a, a 700 square foot space before I got my board scores back. So if I had failed my boards, I would have been in big trouble because I already signed a lease and it wasn't a well thought out plan, but it ended up working out really well. A space came up and somebody knew this place and thought it was a good spot to practice and I jumped in probably not knowing as much as I should. And if I knew what I knew now, I might have not done it. But uh, it worked out for the best. I just jumped right in and had very little money in the bank and, and just made it work by hustle, sweat. And I worked two days a week in somebody else's clinic on the weekends and five days a week in my own clinic, you know, 12-hour days and slowly built it on up to, to where we are now. Wow. How long did it take you to reach uh, profitability in your first clinic? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It takes some time. You know, people see it now. The first couple of years were tough. You know, I was living with my parents for a year or two and, and, and commuting on the weekends to another clinic and you know, barely every, every dollar really went back in the business first couple of years. And then there was a point where you know, I got myself in trouble using credit cards, trying to fund office expenses when you had some slow months. And so it was oh, yeah. quite a few years where it was kind of, kind of tough in there and I was, you know, floating it on credit cards and all the things you hear about. So, you know, it was a good couple of years, but it really just, you know, grew steadily. First year you do a hundred thousand and then you grow 20% every year. I've just really gone 15, 20% year after year until uh, we really get to the numbers we're at today. So it's just been slow, steady growth for the first, you know, four, four years are pretty tough. That's what I've heard. Uh, normally it takes about three to five years before you really start uh, moving into the, into the green and, and uh, you know, new docs need to be aware of that if they're going to, try to follow your model and, and, and launch their own practice as opposed to being a, uh, an associate. And it's interesting that you actually kind of did a hybrid model where you were uh, doing a little work uh, for another practice as well as uh, getting your own off the ground. Hey, you've written for chiropractic economics before, and you've described uh, something that you call the practice roller coaster. What is that and how can a DC get off of it? Yeah, it's what most docs do when they're marketing their practice. And we've all heard of some of the, you know, promotions of patient appreciation day is a good example. It's been around for a hundred years. You know, we do a patient appreciation day, you get this flood of patients, the practice jumps up 25, 50 visits a week, and you're processing new patients and you're so busy treating all these people. We don't do any marketing in our office for six or eight weeks. And, you know, that big rush of patients dies down and we end up back at the same number of visits we were seeing before you know, this rush of new people. So instead of consistently promoting and growing month over month, you know, we do a promotion, we ride that wave, and then it comes back down as we, you know, process those patients and we weren't marketing in those six to eight weeks that we were treating all those people. So that's what a lot of docs do is they promote, they have a bunch of clients and they treat and don't promote again until things slow down. They have another another promotion and then it picks back up again. But, you know, year after year, we never get anywhere going up and down that way. 
That's right. Uh, I've, I've, I've definitely heard that before. And uh, I've, all, I've, I've heard that, uh, especially in your newer, in the newer part, uh, in the newer years of your career, you probably want to do more marketing and regular marketing. And then you can kind of taper off after you're, you know, well established and you got more of the, the referral uh, traffic coming your way. Um, in addition to your book, The Secrets of a Million Dollar Clinic, you also lecture on that topic. Can you share a few of those secrets with us? Yeah, so I've lectured on, on several different topics. I mean, one of the things I've talked a lot about is internet marketing uh, over the years. But, you know, everybody's talking about that as well. So we also teach, you know, direct mail. We do, do all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I've done a lot of Facebook ads and YouTube and Google. I've taught a lot about that ways. But, you know, one of the key things we talk about is getting a marketing calendar. And just like us with the roller coaster, just consistently marketing the practice and having you know, an internal event going on all the time and an external event. Like you said, when you've been in practice a while, you get more referrals. And I just had a new client. He's seeing 50 visits a day and he just wanted some help bringing on an associate. Uh -huh. And I just had a little internal thing and he saw this big jump in patients, even though he didn't need it, it was just a small internal thing. So just always keeping an internal marketing going and external every single month. And those can be things like direct mail or internet marketing, as well as, you know, internal events. You got to kind of do it on both ends is my thoughts. Definitely. And, um, uh, when you mentioned uh, direct mail, you know, it kind of sounds old school, but uh, there's a reason why it has traditionally been highly effective and it remains so today. And that's that uh, certain kinds of marketing, like let's say uh, Facebook uh, or other kinds of internet uh, driven uh, campaigns are, are, are reaching a, a potentially wide audience, but most chiropractors are probably interested in that area of about 15 square miles around in, in a radius around their practice and direct mail allows you to target that demographic uh, with surgical precision if you will um, and uh, it, in, it tends to have a pretty high rate of uh, response as well uh, I know that uh, email campaigns can be considered effective if you're getting a three to five percent response rate that's great and uh, normally you can beat that with uh, direct mail yeah, absolutely. And I was just read an article about this. And yeah, the direct mail rates are going up, the uh, percentage of responders, because there's less mail in the mailbox, your odds have gone up of people reading your message and, and getting the message. And we all know what's going on on Facebook, you know, kind of fibbing about the, the who's watching your ads and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, direct mail is still good. I mean, we just did it. Every door direct mail is a great program for chiropractors to get low cost. You can get your whole neighborhood and they can also buy lists real targeted. And we just did a senior mailing where he bought a list of just people uh, you know, over a certain age to market the seniors. So yeah, the sure. direct mail is still good. And I don't care about the medium. I tell docs, just whatever works. It brings people in and gets your message out. That's all that's important. Whether it's new or old, it, you know, isn't as important. Just get them in the door. Yeah. Hey, you know, one of the consulting services that you offer is uh, something called a remote practice assessment, uh, wherein a doc will send you like three months worth of uh, statistics on their practice, and then you analyze them. What kind of things do you look at and why? Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing. So you're really, you know, with the practice statistics really never lie. You can really always tell what's going on with the practice if they show you the numbers. Uh -huh. If you know, you know, everybody's got different issues, whether it's not enough new patients or the retention, they're not keeping people enough or not collecting enough for a visit. And if you look at those, they're really new patients, uh, collections, uh, patient retention, uh, office visit average, case visit average, all those metrics. But if you get all those, you can really see what the problem is the practice from afar the numbers really don't ever lie what's what's the issue whether it's new patients and a lot of times docs think they mean new more new patients they have the new patients but they're not keeping them long enough or 
or something else. But yeah, the numbers really never lie. You can always figure out what's going on with the practice. I'm always astonished when docs do that. They don't even know their numbers. That's usually step one is finding out all these numbers and then step two, analyzing them. Yeah, if, uh, if, you, if, if you're not measuring it, you can't fix it is, is something that I've heard before as well. Um, okay. You know, uh, just to kind of switch gears on, there was something kind of interesting I saw, uh, you know, in your story is that, uh, well, you know, topical analgesics and uh, chiropractic have been, you know, uh, hand in hand for 50 years or more uh, because topical therapy is clinically effective and it's also a, a good profit center. And I understand that you developed your own topical uh, line of products for patients. How did you, how did you do that? Yeah, we actually found a, a laboratory that a private label for people without like a huge order. So I looked around and saw, you know, we're promoting brands that are available in other stores or every chiropractor has them to look for something different. So I looked like all over the country for years to find a lab that would do them. And most of them wanted, you know, to buy 10,000 bottles of them. But we found a lab that, you know, they have a formula and they private label it for you. And I think you can order as few as 48 jars, maybe even less than that, 24 jars. So, it, yeah, it's a company that does it. They private label it for us and some of our clients. But in this way, it you know, has your logo, your phone number. It's in their medicine cabinet. And, you know, people never never really throw it away. So it's good marketing, and it, it's a good formula, you know, similar to a lot of the stuff, Arnica and, and menthol and all the stuff that most of them have in there. But it's got your name on it instead of promoting another company. Yeah, uh, private labeling uh, where, the, where the DC can get their name on uh, supplements, on topicals. Uh, that just seems to be just good marketing in general, uh, you know, like publishing a book uh, with your name on it as well. Uh, these things just, I think, kind of increase your authority and your legitimacy in the, in the, in the eyes of your, your clientele. And uh, I just thought that was just a, a really clever idea. And it probably, probably improves your bottom line as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, they can't, if they liked it, they can't go to the CVS or Walmart and buy it because it's your name on it. They don't know what formula it is, you know, so it's, they can only get it from you. And we send in like a new patient welcome box to everybody. So, you know, it's in their house, it's in their door. So it's already in their house. Everybody gets a free jar. So, you know, my name's in their medicine cabinet for, you know, probably years, I would think for most people, unless they use it up and then they come by more. Got it. Hey, uh, before I let you go, do you have any new, do you have any new uh, uh, initiatives or uh, things you're working on? Uh, symposiums coming up? Uh, any yeah, new we, got, we got always got, always yeah, go got new stuff going on. I mean, obviously the podcast is out. We have two new episodes a week. I just uh, did an interview with Dr. John Martini, who's uh, obviously well known in our profession. Oh yeah. So it's free tips and tricks, uh, tips and tricks on our uh, podcast. Again, we have like, 50, 60 episodes to do two a week. There's always something going on there. And uh, we talked a little bit before now. We have a, a free audio program on ways to get new patients available on our website at uh, drjamesfetich.com, F-E-D-I-C-H. You can download a free audio, the top 10 ways of getting new patients in 2018. And uh, yeah, do some speaking here and there. We're always around at some chiropractic conventions, but a lot of it we do remotely because I'm still in practice. But uh, there's always stuff available and the podcast has always got some new great tips for you. Okay, well, you're a thought leader, and you definitely have your finger on the pulse of the profession, so we'll try to get you back in the magazine as fast as we can. And uh, Thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. All right. Well, hey, Dr. Fetich, thank you so much for spending this time with us, and uh, it's been highly informative, and you've given us a million-dollar look at the future adjustment. I'm Daniel Sosnowski. We'll see you next time. <laughs>